Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. What's up, friends? Before we hop into the show, I got to tell you about our friends over at Light Shade Dispensary, where right now they're offering 25% off each and every purchase you make by using the code DNVR, and you can get this deal online or in their stores. And they have 11 locations now in the Denver, Metro, and Aurora uh, areas. You can get 25% off. And right now they're offering Escape Artist, which is the highest awarded topical brand in Colorado that pr- prioritizes quality and consistency. They have ratios available in one-to-one and high-ratio CBD of 20 to 1. They've got it all. Whether you're the connoisseur or you're the casual consumer, they can hook you up with anything you want over at Lightshade Dispensary. And of course, Use the code DNVR and you'll get 25% off whether you're in store or online. All right, RK and Mace, let's hop into the show. Number one for the one and only DNVR. Two goes out to Zach, Mace, RK at the bar. Three for Mr. B. Couple with brick, brew and a friend, bleed orange and blue to the bitter end. Come and join us, DDNVR. We are DNVR. We are DNVR. We are live from Studio A here at the DNVR bar. The A stands for Alphabet. Because I feel like with the three candidates we're talking about today, you cover most letters of the alphabet. Uh, Bienemy, yeah. Eric Bienemy, Kevin O'Connell, and Brian Callahan. No Z's. Yeah, yeah that's the thing. You got a lot of va- you, you have a lot of vowels. Although Eric Bienemy, Brian Callahan, there's no there's no U. Okay. Okay. Um, <laughs> I get, I think there's a lot of letters. There's not a lot of different letters. Yeah, it was a stretch. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I like the creativity. Yeah, we got three. Yeah. Ca- the question camp- is, do we cover the entire alphabet with all ten interviewees? Because Start with no, Z. Because there's no Z. Yeah. Because no. yeah, you get a Q. I got us covered there. You got yeah, Dan you Quinn. Get a Q. No X. And a U. Yeah. Um. Yeah. No. No Xanders. No, no Zach Taylors. No. <laughs> that would be a, a Z. Yeah. W's. I don't know. We like. We hope well, that there's good. a bunch of W's on the end, on the other do. side of this. So that's Kellen where you Moore. need to get your W's. Yeah, I'm just um, Nathaniel Hackett, Luke Getzey. Yeah, I mean. All right. Yeah. We've got three uh, coaching candidates to talk about today. With this being our last show of the week, two interviews today for the Broncos. One 
tomorrow, of course, uh, Brian Callahan and um, Kevin O'Connell. Those guys, those two kind of like they mold together. They really do. Mm-hmm. Brian O'Callahan, <laughs> Kevin O'Connell. <laughs> um, anyways, uh, and then Eric Bieniemy tomorrow, which, man, I so we did our power rankings. Yeah, um, I had Eric Bieniemy tenth on mine. I really don't think he has a chance. Some people are leading us to believe he does. What do you guys think? No. No, I, I I don't think he has a chance. I, I think there's, you know, tier one, Dan Quinn, mm-hmm. tier two, Nathaniel Hackett. Tier three, I think, has a lot of guys in it, including Gerard Mayo. I know we kind of talked about some people were dismissing Gerard Mayo. I got to say, after the interview yesterday, I talked with the source, and they said keep him in there. So mm. I, I think Gerard Mayo's in there. I think Brian Callahan's in that third tier. I think uh, we also put Kevin O'Connell in that third tier of guys that can realistically have it. And then I think there's a bottom tier of guys that can't, and – Eric Bieniemy is in that group for me. Who else is in that group then? You think? Uh, Jonathan Gannon. Yeah. Uh, who, who? Aaron Glenn. Aaron Glenn. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Luke Getze is in that bottom tier. Um, who else? There may be one or two other guys, but I think that I think it's like four or five guys. That's kind of like yeah, they're not getting the job. I mean, I hear mixed signals on Gannon. I'd heard yeah, one saying, "Well, okay, yeah, he's you know he interviewed well. He might be a dark horse," but another suggesting he wasn't. Yeah. Yeah. I would. That's why if, it, if any of those last four, save for Bienemy, Bienemy, I can kind of, you know, I can figure out a story in my head of why I like that. Um, the thing with Bienemy is I'd want to know what is his staff going to look like? Yeah. And well, what I is his plan? Give you a pretty good idea of what the staff's going to look like. You know like, where I could convince but... myself on Bienemy is if it was John uh, running the show and, and John and his group very connected to CU, obviously. I could see that. Now I just don't see it. I, well, I, there's I, still a lot of CU people in the building, though. Not in the interviews. No, but I'm saying like in the Bronco building overall, if you're talking about putting together a staff and, and reaching out, it, the thing is, I no don't offense, know if that RK, helps but Eric that's the thing. You're a CU guy. I don't know if it's a good thing to have a bunch of CU people on the staff. I mean, I don't think it, if the if you have the right guys, you have the right guys. But I would say I don't like because of Eric Bieniemy's history at CU outside of his playing days um, and the lack of success for the program over the last fifteen plus years. Right, which I mean, he, that's not exactly tapping into a reservoir of of happiness. No, but you, I mean, it's not like you go to Ohio State and find a bunch of you know right. great uh, NFL coaches either. It's it, to me, it's just like You're his history at CU probably hurts him right. yeah, in right. terms of knowing a bunch of people from CU. Like mm-hmm. if you were interviewing with the Bengals or whatever, and they didn't know anything about your history there then it might actually help you if they're not going to, you know, dig in too deep. I agree. I just feel like Vance Joseph obviously had some stuff that went on at CU, and I, the CU connection, I think, helped. I think the Broncos didn't know about that before the media started talking fair, about it. Fair, fair. A day after he was hired. Yep. Wow, yep. what a black eye. That's, I mean, they look, why would they have done their due diligence when they decided on him before he even showed up for the interview? That's very true. It's very true. So, uh, Ryan, I'm confused. I mean, you put Eric Bieniemy 10th in the power rankings, but now you're saying you could talk yourself I'm saying, into where, yeah, but where, I'm, where are you? I'm saying, he, to me, he has the least chance of anyone of getting the job, yeah. beca- not because of his qualifications, but because of what we just talked about. Right. Um, so I'm saying I could maybe talk myself into, okay, well, I, I can build a story you know, he's been with Mahomes and he's been with Andy Reid and those types of things can get me excited. Any of those other guys, I would probably hit the panic button. Uh, a Jonathan what? Gannon and oh, Aaron oh, Glenn. Oh, the bottom tier. A gotcha. Luke Getzey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, maybe, I don't know. 
Maybe not Getsy. Maybe I'm just against uh, up rolling the dice on a first-time defensive coach. Fair. Doesn't fair. what's what's your upside there? I mean, I, I realize you know the the leadership stuff, but if you're rolling the dice on a first-time offensive coach, your upside is revolutionary offense, exciting stuff like that. Oh Jesus! <laughs> that was an explosion. Uh, these carpets have seen worse. Um, <laughs> uh, it's what happens when you don't. It's what, it's what happens when you don't look at the table and just yeah, haphazardly. It's kind of far back. You got to reach back. <laughs> yeah, uh, I feel like the table's farther back today than it has been. Could be. Yeah. Anyways, so, um, the anyway. upside there is you know big time offense. You you know you hit on that. What's the upside with the defense? You just hit on a first-time defensive coordinator in terms of a first-time coach from a defensive coordinator in terms of what the upside is. You get a really, really great defense. The Broncos just had that. So, yes, maybe you get this good leader and you get that sort of thing. But to me, it's like Thanks, if, if I'm just looking for leadership, I would go the Dan Quinn route. If I'm looking for I want to roll the dice and make a big splash – you got to go offense. Yeah, and he, he, j- just to give you the counterpoint of what you get if you hit on a, a good leader on the defensive side, it's Mike Tomlin. I mean, that that's kind of the ceiling yeah. of what mm-hmm. you hope for, a guy that's going to be a CEO for a long time of your team. But I agree. I, I would take the swing at the offense as well, just with where the game is going right now. Uh, and another thing that Eric Bieniemy has in his back pocket is that connection with George Payton. The, he was the running backs coach uh, for Adrian Peterson when Payton was in Minnesota for a little bit of time. Uh, he has a connection there. Uh, and the thing, though, that I just I can't get over, and the reason why I don't see the Broncos hiring him, not that I wouldn't, uh, but why I don't see the Broncos hiring him, is George Payton said leadership is the number one thing. Eric Bieniemy's questionable leadership and actions have been in the past. A guy can change, but I look at these nine other candidates, and so far I haven't heard anything against them in terms of actions in the past, in terms of leadership in the past. So I just find that hard for that to be the number one thing. And that's what Eric Bieniemy has going against him is that stuff, and no one else has any issues on, on that front. I just hard, have a hard time believing that he can jump over that. That's why I had him last in my power rankings. Yeah. It's just like, you know, uh, obviously I talk to people up at CU, and, and Eric Bieniemy is a guy who the players actually, you know, uh, a, a lot of players actually did like, but none of them talk about him as a leader the way they would talk about John Embry. John Embry they also really liked. Mm. Um, the problem is neither of them could, you know, coach could get any wins or any big recruits really um so you know that's gonna end in failure but like they talk you talk to people that were there at that time they say man i love embo great leader um i'm i'm sad it didn't work out for him you don't really get the same stuff with the where you hear great things about the is nfl running backs mm-hmm. um, any any nfl running back who's worked with eric the speaks so glowingly of him love him great leader all that stuff so it's like uh, you know, I, it's a it's a different caliber of player, and it's a different age of man that maybe connects with him a little bit more. Uh, but you then you know you you go to the assaults and you know the 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 temporary ban from campus, and it's like I don't think you're if you're looking for a leader, I I just think that that's going to be too too much to overcome. I mean, look at the stuff that was that was floating around about Vance Joseph. Right when he was the coach, and there, there's it's a different set of circumstances, but there's a longer ledger of negative 
issues with the enemy than there was with Vance Joseph. Right. And, right. And, and it yeah, goes but over. It's n- yeah. Not maybe not as it's, not the single right. one as it's severe, bad. but yeah. you've got. I mean, there's a there's a DUI, right? Is yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and, and the so, Broncos aren't you know yeah, strangers to hiring people or right, retaining it, people with DUIs. Yeah, it's just it's, it's, it's with the other people on the list. It just and again the other thing like with with Eric Bieniemy, we talk about this, and yet it's the national cause that oh you know Eric Bieniemy needs to be a head coaching job, but when you can, knowing what we know here in this area, I you think I feel like that the wrong that the wrong coach is being championed here like. As far as like, if we we do need more minority coaches. Okay, why has why is Raheem Morris barely getting a sniff mm-hmm. on interview on interviews here? He probably he deserves Byron another Leftwich. shot. Byron uh, Leftwich deserves Todd a shot. Bowles. Todd Bowles should get a shot. There are pl- uh, you've got so many you've got so many other minority candidates who should be getting long looks, who should be getting another chance. Jim Caldwell should be somebody's head coach. Brian Flores right probably Brian should Flores. be too. Right, exactly. Mm-hmm. I feel, you know, it's just, it's interesting that Biennemi has kind of become uh, the national cause when I feel like there are other coaches who would do better. You know, and one thing that John Embry actually talked to me about when he was let go from CU, and, he, you know, this was a time that was really upsetting for him. He, he felt like he, you know, didn't get enough time and, and that sort of thing was – uh, African-American head coaches don't usually get retread chances. Right, right. Uh, you know, their rate of getting rehired is a lot lower mm-hmm. um, than, than white head coaches. So, you know, I, I'm with you. In terms of Biennemi, it's not like there's some great track record of success from offensive coordinators coming out from right. Andy Reid. Someone in, on Twitter just said, steal from the enemy. Do you think that the Chiefs blinked when Matt Nagy got stolen from them? You know, like right. you just Mike Kafka. Congratulations, you're now the offensive coordinator. No, nothing changes right. um, except for maybe that you know the running backs don't get coached up as well. And speaking, you know, they of don't even use those guys. Exactly. Speaking of stealing from the enemy, reports that John Harbaugh would take a job as the Raiders because he hasn't got the raise yet. It's true. It's very true. <laughs> it's very true. He would take that, and maybe that's true. Maybe that's not. But then that would mean I think Vic Fangio becoming the defensive coordinator of the Raiders. That would be something. That would be something. But again, good it, news it, for the it, Broncos it, if they ever have a two-minute drill ex- uh, yeah. trying exactly. to win the game. Exactly. The I but mean, it's, it's weird. Michigan just ha- finally added a coach to their staff because they had a couple of vacancies. And in the last couple of days, they finally added defensive line coach. I don't think that means that Jim Harbaugh stays at, Mich- at Michigan, but it was interesting to me that they went a couple of weeks into the offseason, still in recruiting period, and they had vacancies on their staff for so long. And just to tie a bow on Eric Bieniemy, I hate, uh, you know, having to have this conversation because I actually really like Eric Bieniemy, the dude. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and you know, I think it would be cool if he came here and was and was really successful. Um, but I just I have a hard time seeing it. Yeah, a really hard time seeing it. All right, let's knock out a couple of these other guys. I, we're going in reverse order mm-hmm. here, so I guess we just stick with it. Go right into Kevin O'Connell. Mm, my guy. guy. He was my guy maybe since – or actually since the time they announced that they wanted him. And, guys, I've never been higher on him. Did some more digging the past uh, 18 hours, and I like him even more. Guys, I am convinced he is the next Sean McVay 2.0. He is Sean McVay 2.0 more than any other person that's come out of the Rams because he has everything that Sean McVay has. He has the infectious personality, the energy, and Sean McVay, 
uh, it, it is a really good leader because of those things. So I think yeah. Kevin O'Connell can be a really good leader because of those things. And on top of that, he is Sean McVay's right-hand man in terms of developing the offense, in terms of working with the quarterbacks, and not only having Matthew Stafford have the best year of his career. A lot of people say, well, yeah, they traded two first-round picks for him. He should have been good. But he and Sean McVay, Kevin, Kevin and Sean, both helped uh, Matthew Stafford get there. And how good is Jared Goff? Um, It seems like he's like a good backup in the NFL right now. And what did he do? What did he and Sean McVay do with Jared Goff? They made him him look really good, way better. Respectable at the very least. Exactly, way better than he was. They had success with him. So that is just so many feathers in the cap from him. I've already mentioned in the past uh, that Brandon Staley tried to take him to be his offensive coordinator, so Staley really likes him. Sean McVay, the only guy he's done this to, said, no, I'm not letting you leave. You're staying here pretty much until you get a head coaching job. So this is a guy that he has everything. He is the next Sean McVay 2.0, and I don't know how you could say no to a Sean McVay 2.0. I talked to someone yesterday that said he's going to blow them out of the water. I just hope the Broncos are open Mm. for that because if they are, he will, I I think in in my mind, he'll absolutely be in the top three for the Broncos. My only concern about him really quick is the leadership of the entire team, if he truly is this Sean McVay 2.0 that I think. And what I mean by that. Sean McVay hasn't been afraid in the past when a game's going on and his defense is on the field to turn his back to the defense and go over to the bench. That may scare George Payton in terms of leadership of an entire team, and we know that's what he's looking for. So that's something that maybe George Payton doesn't like. I wouldn't mind it, but that's my hesitation. I mean, the thing is, one of the, one of, it's interesting to talk about that with McVay because one of the things that I like about Zach Taylor in Cincinnati is that he – do, he he does focus more on the defense than Sean McVay does, and in fact, hands off most of the offensive play, uh, offensive scheme during the week to Brian Callahan, and we're going to get into him to to that on the other side. And so there's there's different flavors to people coming out of the McVay tree. Is Kevin O'Connell going to be more like Zach Taylor and really kind of say, all right, I'm going to take my hand my rain, my hands off the reins at least of the game planning on the offensive side, enough to be involved with what the defense is doing and then have somebody trustworthy. So one of the questions I think that would be worth asking Kevin O'Connell is, all right, who's going to be your right hand on the offense? And are you going to be that coach that does coach for the entire team? Or are you going to turn your back to the, to the, uh, to the defense when they're on the field? And I think, like you said, if, He's thinking more in terms of doing exactly what Sean McVay does and really saying hands off on the defense to the point where you're not watching everything. I don't know if that's going to go over that well. I think you are looking for somebody who's a little more like Zach Taylor who who does try to make himself involved on the defensive side and does try to understand I'm coaching the whole team here. Yeah, and unfortunately, I think his answer, unfortunately for his case for the Broncos, I think it would be more so I'm going to do the Sean McVay route because Sean McVay's had a lot of success with that. Why wouldn't he do what his mentor and and his – What's if you're the right-hand man to someone, what does that make them to you? His general? His his general, yes, because that's what his general has done, and it's worked out so well for him. Uh, And, man, I think that's a turnoff for the Broncos, Mm -hmm. Mace. It's not a turnoff for me. (laughs) I can imagine it would be. um, You know, 
does it is it a turn on or turn off for the Broncos if he says, "Hey, I'm going to do exactly what Sean did and hire Wade Phillips to be my defensive oh, coordinator." Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to Have you guys heard of Vic Fangio? I'm going to bring him back. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> See that now honestly, if he did say Wade Phillips is my defensive coordinator, that would put it that more than anything else he could do, that would put him at the top of the list. For the Broncos or for you? For me. Seriously. I love it. Because right. we could even see, like, there's the Wade Phillips effect. Yeah, it does decline over three years. But that first year and that second year, there there is still a Wade effect. Yeah. Because he went to L.A., immediately upgraded that defense. Yep. So if that, if, that, if that was his plan that, hey, I can get Wade Phillips to come back, sign me up. Yeah, sign me up go, for, baby. for every sign me up for every aspect of Wade, right down to the fact that I like, I do like it if if O'Connell has somebody there close to him who has been a head coach. Mm. One of, like one of the things like we get into Brian Callahan, would he bring Jim Caldwell along? I would love that if he did. If you're if you don't have the experience, is there someone there who is a who is a good guide? I don't think I I don't think there are many better Sherpas for a young head coach than Wade Phillips would be because he's somebody who is very upfront about his mistakes as a head coach. And very and he's, you know, to the point where I think he's very self-deprecating more than he needs to be. I've I've said to Wade a few times, you're a better head coach than you think you were. But like he's like- always like but but that's just kind of how he is. He's very he's very modest and he's very open about, okay, I, I did the I did this. I wish I had done differently. Maybe we make a different choice here. Yep. I mean, he didn't even want the uh, interim role, and Gary Kubiak missed that game. Mm-hmm. Um, right. Went to Joe D. Yep. Exactly. And that that was tough. Joe D take, was uh, proud of himself, though. <laughs> I was proud Joe of Joe D. D. Yeah. <laughs> I would like take, Joe D to come back. I would take well. Joe D back coaching the special teams at a heartbeat. A heartbeat. <laughs> um, Okay, so but I, don't I think feel Rams like are O'Connell <laughs> is to you what Mike McDaniel is to me. You got the man yep. crush. Yep. Yep. Uh, we're yep. both kind of putting our names on. Unfortunately, my guy didn't even get an interview. Um, and so... I, I Can you see why maybe McDaniel didn't get an interview with the Broncos, though? No. And why the only... Well, no. I, no, but I, the reason why I can... I'm trying to put myself in the shoes of George Payton, who's been around for three decades. I can see why, among some people... McDaniel, in terms of his kind of public press conference vibe, I think it's very entertaining. But I can see why that there are some people who might be turned off it's by in, that. I, but they're just wrong. I think like, it's authentic. Yeah, exactly. And, and Authenticity is, is, is never been more valuable than it is right now. But is that the kind of personality younger... leading a, t- a whole team? I, I, can just, I can see why some people would look at that and say, I'm not sure that guy is ready to lead a whole a whole team just yet. I think personally, Mace, I think that's something that you want to find out in an interview. I think that's enough to to get him an interview. Mm-hmm. The the way he is, everything that's said about him, mm-hmm. I would want to see what he's like in person mm-hmm. in a very intimidating setting where he's going to be in. I don't want to say yeah, intimidating. He's going to be in intimidating settings mm-hmm. as a head coach, especially a young head coach, especially a goofy head coach. Mm-hmm. How does he react to that? I just, I do mm-hmm. wish he would have gotten an interview. Yeah, I wish he would have got an interview and. I think that if you're looking at him and saying like I just don't know if that's a guy that that can necessarily lead a team, I think that you're you're the one that's behind the times um in terms of the way that people connect with players in 2021. Yeah, and I'm not sure every player connects with that 20, stuff. There are some players who yeah. I mean Jesus. there there are some players who actually would look at that style and and kind of 
shrugging it. I mean, that's the, that, that's the, that is yeah. the, that is Roll the thing. Eyes. Yeah, a little bit. I mean, even like like I don't see that. Yeah, I, I, I don't there think there so. are some there are some players who are very much like they want it to be all business. And that's and that's some of the and that that's some of that sort of thing isn't necessarily going to register. It doesn't. It. I don't think it's a generational thing. I think you it's think just that there's like guys a personality who, thing. You think there's guys who like don't like Pete Carroll for that reason? I think there. Are, I think there are guys who roll their eyes at Pete Carroll. Yes. Okay. Even when things were success successful, like hey, so like, then you think that would be the same with Sean McVay because he's kind of like a Pete Carroll, like just super energetic, high energy. I think it's a, it's a different kind of energy. It's energy with Pete Carroll it's less the tactician energy more of the kind of of the you know let's get everybody pumped up energy whereas with Sean McVay it's energy and just having kind of the mind like a steel trap and maybe McDaniel will be closer to that than but there but McVay has there's considerably more polish on Mc, on McVay whereas McDaniel probably needs a, a little more fine tuning that's a, that's okay i think his time is coming i just don't know if his time is coming today i don't think his time is coming today i think his time eventually comes i think it will too i i'm i'm just you know it's it's almost the biggest reason why i, I like dan quinn is the hope uh of potentially getting mike mcdaniel on that staff. would you rather have dan quinn and Ma and mike mcdaniel or kevin o'connell and wade phillips Let's uh, just, talk, tossing him a hop hypothetically if wade were to be o'connell's guy i think ryan's gonna take uh, anyone yeah. with mike mcdaniel mm -hmm. and i'm gonna take anyone with kevin o'connell and mesa you you i'm gonna be I, i'm breaking the tie here because it's tough you're going wade you're going wade i love wade <laughs> don't get me wrong oh i think i'd i, th I think i'd I, I like what mcdaniel would bring on the offensive side though wow wow okay um i i think that would i think that would maximize the offense in the short term no matter who the like, even if you had a quarterback who was like jimmy garoppolo and people kind of went meh about i think he'd maximize him a little bit better than o'connell okay well i mean and that's a reason why i love o'connell yeah. he's not only working extremely well with matt stafford yeah. but he maximized jared goff you want to see them hand off a jet motion all right we have one more guy to talk about here but let's quickly talk about the dnvr bar told you guys this yesterday but i'll tell it if anyone missed it had a meeting here the other night um and the guy that i met with said hey what should i get told him get the chicken sandwich ordered the chicken sandwich got a text later that was the best chicken sandwich i've ever had in my life like I said yesterday, I've been praising it. I wasn't yeah. going to go that far because, mm. you know, that's overhyping it, I feel like. But I'll tell you, that's what he said. Word for word, literally the best chicken sandwich I've ever had in my life. So you got to come try that. It's that double dip. Um, and, and it's not like you're just going to come down here and get a chicken sandwich. You're also going to watch, you know, the Avs or the Nuggets. Electric game last night for the Nuggets and the Avs. Uh, more of a defensive struggle for the Avs. But great times down here. I saw some uh, some videos of people just going nuts. Uh, after Jokic made that insane pass. So <laughs> yeah. those are just the type of uh, experiences you get to have down here while eating, some would say, the best chicken sandwich around. And I will go this far to say I'm an onion ring connoisseur. I don't know if we've ever talked about that on this pod. Best onion rings here. Ooh. So freaking good. So what you do you dip your onion rings in, by the way? Um, Not ketchup. Any, oh, anything barbecue? Else? Sure, You're going anything. for like an aioli, yeah, maybe? Aioli. They do sometimes. Yeah. If you order yeah. a thing of onion rings, or at least if I do, maybe it's just because they know me. They <laughs> hook me up with the uh, chipotle aioli on the side. Yeah, yeah. I, 
Okay. There oh, we go. So there yeah. we go. There we go. I wasn't and sure so- if I was getting the Patrick Price. <laughs> <laughs> Something else that I love is sexy pizza. You, you can't go wrong with anything you get there. Salads, of course, Mace loves the Italian salad. Any of their pizzas are fantastic. And not only did we put our stamp of approval on them at the DNVR tailgates, but we all put our stamp of approval on it outside on our own time. I love Sexy Pizza. They've got four Colorado locations with a new one. So five, one in Trinidad as well. They have Capitol Hill, Old South Pearl, Jefferson Park, and Park Hill. You got to check them out. They do such great work in the community as well. If you order a philanthropy, they give a portion of those sales to... to uh, commute part or, or um prop nonprofits in the denver area sorry that was uh that was tough for me but well something that's not tough for me is ordering sex- sexy pizza so check them out at sexy.pizza or go to one of their five colorado locations also check out the american raptors if that name sounds familiar maybe it was glendale raptors in the past well it's your colorado rugby team rebranding again but this rebrand is here to stay the american raptors are composed of crossover athletes, and they just ended their first season at 5-5. Five and five. These are former athletes that from other sports who are now taking their talents to rugby. They come from football, basketball, baseball, wrestling, soccer, and track and field, now taking their athleticism to the game of rugby to try to help the U.S. national team improve its form on a global stage. And the best thing about it, it's free. That's right, it's free. You can go to AmericanRaptors.com and get your free ticket for the upcoming season over at Infinity Park in Glendale. And if you can't make the game, it's free to watch, of course. You can watch any of the matches streaming from their website at AmericanRaptors.com. And our guy Colton Strickler has it all covered for you with his weekly DMVR Rugby podcast. He's writing content. He actually wrote something about uh, laterals. Yes. And, uh, you know, the, the notion of a forward lateral being legal someday in the NFL, and, mm-hmm. would, and would that help out? Well, that's the sort of thing that when you've got a mind for rugby and you're talking about football, you're going to come up with. And that's that what got our guy, some run from a PFT yeah. commenter. Yes. Mm. So check that out at uh, at uh, DNVR Rugby. Check out all the work from Colton Strickler. And if you want to learn about rugby, he's the guy to teach you that with his Rugby 101 podcast over at the DNVR Rugby podcast. So check all that out. And uh, we're going to have watch parties for the matches this year for the American Raptors, too, here at the DNVR bar. So check that out when it gets going. Nice. Great drinking sport. Um, it is. Is there right. a sport that isn't a great drinking sport? Huh. Let me think on that for a second. No. Volleyball doesn't exactly strike <laughs> me as a drinking sport. Ah, okay. strike you. Oh, See what yes. you did there, volleyball. But there's different alcohol striker. for different there's, sports. There's no like, I, like tennis <laughs> to me, like tennis is a white wine sport. That's um, drinking, though. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, it's not it's a different alcohol sport. for different sport. It's like, can you, like, you know, get drunk and yell? Tennis. You just get drunk and you kind of get that low buzz and, uh, you know, you politely clap. Although if you go sit like at the Australian Open and you go sit like uh, out, out, out outside of the stadium of the stadiums and kind of in the gathering area or at Wimbledon over on the hillside, people get smashed. So over on Hemman Hill. That's true. Yeah. Um, anyways, anyway. we got one more to talk about here. It's Brian Callahan. And oh, man, I feel like he has a tough chance being the only one who doesn't get an in-person interview. And it's not because the Broncos were like, yeah, we'll just toss you a Zoom. (laughs) Um, It's it's based on the Bengals' schedule. Yeah, based on the Bengals' schedule. And uh, they had today and tomorrow to interview the guys that were in the playoffs. And they had to go to Cincinnati, Los Angeles, and Kansas City. And this is just the one that uh, missed the cut in terms of the in-person with the Bengals' schedule and how it was. So it... (sighs) 
don't discount it too much, even though it's hard not to. But if he impresses, I would expect him to get that second round of interviews to, to be an in-person guy. So maybe he has to do a little less to get that second round than some other guys. So maybe it ends up working out for him. And they're talking to him right now over Zoom. Broncos in L.A., but doing that Zoom interview out in uh, Cincinnati with yeah, Callahan. Yeah, he just kind of got unlucky on the schedule because, of course, you've got uh, the, the Rams that are playing on Sunday. And you've got the the Chiefs. Pl- Chiefs are playing Sunday too, right? They are, yes, yeah. Sunday night. And that's and then the Bengals are playing on Saturday. And so just un- unlucky, unlucky break for him mm-hmm. that uh, he's going to have to go via Zoom. So he's got to make an impression. Now, one thing that maybe does work a little bit in his favor is you've got at least a couple of people in that room who have worked with Brian Callahan, know him pretty pretty well. In Denver. Yeah, from his time in Denver, of course. He came in with Josh McDaniels. He worked four years under John Fox, had one more year under Gary Kubiak. The four, Of course, that meant four years working with Peyton Manning, mm-hmm. and that was kind of the connection that launched him because he went from being an offensive assistant, he's got his first position coach gig with Detroit, with Jim Caldwell, and, of course, the connective tissue there is Peyton Manning. So you've got kind of the, the – for what it's worth, you've got the Peyton seal of approval on Brian Callahan here. You do, and 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 not just through Jim Caldwell. But like you said, mm. he, he worked with right. Denver. He, he was with Peyton Manning his entire time here. Uh, and Brandon Stokely on The Fan has said that Peyton is a fan of Brian Callahan. Mm. So there's no reason, even if Brand, even if Peyton's not talking to this, the Broncos coaching search about him, man, if I hear that Peyton likes someone, I'm at least giving him an interview. So that's something that he certainly has going for him. Another and, thing. Oh, what were you And he say? was assistant quarterbacks coach, essentially, you know, yeah, on that ba- stuff. Basically, yeah, like offensive assistant and assistant QB coach. So that, you know, just another set of eyes work. But most of his work was with people in the passing game okay. while he was there. So there, there was a lot of hand-in-hand work with Peyton Manning for him. And like we've talked about, 12 years of NFL experience at mm-hmm. the age of 37, and of coaching experience, yeah. I should say. Kevin O'Connell uh, doesn't have that much coaching experience, but he did play in the NFL. All of Brian Callahan at, is as a coach. That's a ton of experience to have. So even though he's still in his 30s, a lot of experience. And he, uh, what, what he also has on top of him is he has helped develop quarterback. Now, he's a number one overall pick, should have panned out been a lot of quarterbacks that have not panned out as number one overall picks. Baker Mayfield has not panned out nearly as well as Joe Burrow so far. And you can go along the list of other guys that haven't panned out. So that's something he has on his side. Another thing he has on his side, which I think is very intriguing, is Zach Taylor was put in a similar situation that Brian Callahan would be put in. First time head coach, young guy, not having called plays before. Brian Callahan uh, is is Zach Taylor's right-hand man. Brian Callahan can learn from his general on how to do things, what mistakes to not to make. And so that could be a hopeful thinking for Brian Callahan is, yes, he's still going to make his own mistakes, but he's been right there when Zach Taylor's gone through this. So maybe he makes fewer of those mistakes. Yeah, it's a really good point. And maybe the fact that he hasn't called plays gives him a little, you know, a better chance at being a full head coach not just being an offensive coordinator. You know, obviously he'll have a lot of input in the offense. He'll have a lot of input on scouting quarterbacks, that sort of thing. But maybe he's not so attached to, hey, I want to be calling the plays and all that stuff. Maybe he's more involved in the install and that sort of thing and delegates. And that's what he likes. He likes kind of being involved with the installation. Zach Taylor's handed off a lot to him 
in terms of the week-to-week responsibility for designing the points of emphasis in the game plan. I wonder and, who his OC would be. It's a great question. Is it the quarterback coach from from Cincinnati? Is it is it someone low? Is, is he bringing someone with more experience? Well, maybe. I mean, maybe you're talking about like kind of a co OC situation between him and Jim Caldwell working together, and Caldwell being his assistant head coach. That excites me. Now to play devil's advocate, though. Zach Taylor brought him in and promoted him from a position that that was nothing. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor didn't feel the need to bring mm-hmm. someone with experience in. And maybe Brian Callahan says, well, it didn't really work out. He probably shouldn't have brought me in, although I don't see him saying that. And that's why he goes a younger guy route. Another name I'd keep my eye on if they hire Brian Callahan is Jim Bob Cooter. Who, of course, was legendary with name. Exactly. I always want to keep my eye on that name. Yeah, and then and was in Detroit with Callahan as well. So that's... I could see a little bit of kind of that band from Detroit in particular, but also because you have you might have Caldwell involved, but here kind of coming back together offensively. To me, the most impressive, and maybe that's not the right word, the most attractive thing about him, he was part of the scouting process of Joe Burrow. Mm-hmm. He was part of the decision to select Joe Burrow. Not that mm-hmm. it was a difficult decision. And he was part of the development process. That to me is like, I'd love to see someone who's done that with like a 10th pick. Um, But having that under your belt and being able to look and say, here's what Joe Burrow had that we coveted so much. And, And I don't think that's all just physical talent. It's not like Joe Burrow has the strongest arm in the world or the best legs in the world. Um, he was obviously a winner and he came off of an amazing season. But I think there's certain things that Brian Callahan could say is, look, we liked this style of leadership from him. We liked the way that he made this decision from the pocket. We liked the way that he did this, that, and the other thing. Um, and, and remember, a lot of people did think that Joe Burrow was a product of um, the receivers, you know, the weapons that he had around him at LSU. So there was still scouting involved in there. It wasn't a Trevor right. Lawrence or an Andrew right. Luck yep. where you just say, yeah, he's the number one pick. Um, that that's valuable to me and I want someone who's seen that I definitely want to talk to that person but I also want to uh, give that person a real chance to come in and be a part of my journey trying to find that guy yeah and and I just I love that the Broncos are interviewing him at least to get some tidbits from him about what they did like and even if he doesn't even if he's not a finalist it's smart to do 10 interviews instead of nine especially since this one uh, is via zoom as well yeah, absolutely. So I got to ask you, of these three final ones, if it just boils down to them, which we know it's not going to, but if it was just them, who's your pick? Not knowing who a defensive coordinator would be or an offensive coordinator just between these three guys. Slight edge to Callahan. Okay. These three. Who has the highest? Who, who would you choose of these three? I would go O'Connell. Yep, and of course I would go O'Connell as well. I love it. I love it. Yep. And I would be absolutely mm-hmm. okay with uh, with Callahan as well. I like him a lot. I, I mean, I'm, I'm very intrigued. Mm-hmm. And again, I'm saying if you're rolling the dice, I want it to be on the offensive side. Yeah, I, I agree. And that's what these final three interviews are. All right, speaking of offense, should we get into our playoff picks here? Let's do it. And speaking of the Bengals, let's start there. Let's go from the first game of the weekend, Saturday afternoon, Cincinnati Bengals going to Tennessee 
to play Derrick Henry and the Titans. Titans right now over at DraftKings Sportsbook, three and a half point favorites. Of course, we will give our picks against the spread on Broncos Pick'em, which we'll release in the next 36 hours. So stay tuned to thednvr.com for that. We're, we're more than just a, a, a podcast. We've got a whole website going on as well. And if you're tuning in on YouTube right now, just reminding me, hit us with a thumbs up, hit us with a subscribe and turn on alerts so you know anytime we're going live because anytime there's big Broncos news, especially these next couple weeks, we will be going live with emergency pods. So you want to make sure that you're dialed in. And of course, we really appreciate the thumbs up. So I appreciate that. All right, guys, who do you have winning this game? Number one seed Titans. Hmm. How much do you trust the steel plate in Derrick Henry's foot? I think that sounds very scary for opponents. So I trust it. <laughs> it's got steel-toed boots on now. <laughs> yeah. Um I don't I don't think you're gonna get real Derrick Henry this week. I think if they were to win this week, you get real Derrick Henry next week or close to it. But I don't think they're gonna win. Um this Bengals team is just electric. And when has that ever been said about the Bengals? I know in the last thirty years. And I just think they have a little something. Um, I think that Joe Burrow is a extremely captivating leader for a very young team. And I just think they're so behind him and so behind Zach Taylor that that is going to be a force to be reckoned with. I uh, This might come back to bite me if they just lose this week. I legitimately think they're a Super Bowl contender. This year. This year. Mm. Right now. So Bengals winning straight up. Yep. Mace? I'm not sure about Derrick Henry. I am sure that uh, the best player on the field or most impactful player I think is going to be Joe Burrow. Mm. And, uh, hey, it's that young young cost control quarterback drink taking advantage of that window. I think the Bengals pull off the upset here. Mm, I absolutely love it, guys. I, I'm I'm truly on the fence about this big time. I like the Bengals team. Uh, they're streaky, but right now they're hot. If the hot Bengals team shows up, they are going to win. Who has and, more Alabama alums? Uh, well, I mean, the one that pops up obviously mm-hmm. is Derrick Henry. And well, I'm, I'm just a, trying to get I'm trying to get to your prediction. Here. And I'm gonna be <laughs> I'm gonna be pulling for Derrick. And because Man. you guys went Bengals. And uh, we'll pull up the standings here in a second, even though I don't want to. I've got a chase, and I will chase with uh, Derrick Henry. But I, I, I agree, guys. I'm actually really surprised that the Titans get the hook here. I'm surprised it's three and a half. I like it being like almost a pick mm-hmm. game. Uh, so I'll go with Titans here. And, Kale, can we pull up our standings, even though I don't want to? Coming into this week, you two are tied 45 and 30. Look at you guys. You guys are taking off recently. I'm there at 40 and 35. I'm going to be one game closer after uh, the Titans win. So I must have done really good this last week. You Both of you did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah really well. Mm-hmm. I think we were all kind of six games above 500 for most of the season. And then you guys are now 15 games <laughs> above. Got to give you yeah. credit. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Let's, uh, let's keep it rolling here. The What's the night, next game? Or, or the night game on Saturday. 49ers at Packers. Packers with the largest spread of this weekend's games. Five and a half point favorites. And there's another interesting conversation. And we're picking against game. the spread? Uh, no, okay. we're not picking against the spread right now. <sighs> if you give me the points, I, I would like uh, the Niners. I think this is going to be a really close game. But I just can't pick. Oh, man, I don't know. 
Aaron Rodgers has a bad history against the 49ers in the playoffs. He does. I believe he's 0-3 mm-hmm. uh, in and his some career. of them have been bad. Yeah, they have. And I think Kyle Shanahan is fully capable of giving Matt LaFleur a master class. Yep. Um, and so many things make me want to take the Niners, but I just feel like taking Jimmy Garoppolo to beat Aaron Rodgers is not a smart idea. <laughs> so I'm going to stick with the pack. Uh, but you let Debo get loose. You have an early turnover. I could see a situation where somehow the, the Niners are quickly up 14-0 and the Packers have to chase, and this thing could could be crazy. Mm, they're going they're going to want to run the ball again. I mean, I think that's sort of a, a key thing here. And you look back at the last time they played in the playoffs, the NFC Championship game a couple of years ago, that was, that was the formula. Now, the interesting thing on the Packers is that in – Seven of their last nine games, they have allowed under 100 yards rushing. Mm. Now, that being said, Cleveland, in that game that Baker Mayfield basically threw away on Christmas night, did rush, did get the ground game going. So, you and that, and of course, there's a lot of DNA between what Cleveland does in getting its run game going and what San Francisco does. Is so that's where the Niners are going to try to win. But it's just one of those things where it's just such a, it's a narrow path. And B, even in that game, we saw the Packers force Baker Mayfield into mistakes. I think they'll force Jimmy G into the big mistake. The Packers will pull it out in the end. Man, if this was an NFC championship game, I would be 100% in on the 49ers <laughs> winning. We're one week away from that, though. But I don't care. San Francisco is going to win go, this game go. straight up i just i love the momentum you mentioned it kyle shanahan Mm -hmm. uh it has their number in the playoffs kyle shanahan crazy enough is six and oh against sean McVay. he's very successful against aaron Rodgers. yet kyle shanahan still has a losing record matt lafleur has like an incredible 55 and like 10 or or 20 record something and then of course everything sean McVay also has an incredible record as well yeah quarterback is everything but guys we Uh, want sean McVay. yeah gets a huge bonus for what he did but yeah the whole big thing is what what you want zach what do Bron- What does Broncos exactly. country want to happen in this game? I think yeah. it's, it's pretty they clear to me. want the Packers to lose. Because if the Packers lose, what's changed with Aaron Rodgers in the past couple years when he's been mad? Nothing. The Packers would have had really good regular seasons. Aaron Rodgers had a really, really good regular season. And then it just doesn't matter come the playoffs. And then I think Aaron Rodgers, especially if they lose this week, don't even want a playoff game, he'll say, I want out. You need them to lose in like a very specific way, in my opinion, though, mm. where it's like um, kicking a field goal on fourth and eight instead of going for it. That I mean, that would help. Um, but also, like they bracket Devonte Adams, and none of those other weapons can get open for mm. Aaron Rodgers, and he's like, "Oh, what if you would have uh, drafted right, a wide receiver right. like Justin Jefferson yep. instead of taking yep. Jordan Love? Then we would have won this game, or uh, you know, something along those lines." And then, yeah, like a coaching decision that bugs him. Yep. Um, you need like a nice, we should make like a bingo card of like <laughs> yeah. all the things you want to happen in the game. And if they do, then he'll want out. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I think that's a great point uh, of some errors because he, there's no, like, there's no reason you'd root for them to win. Right. There's no like, um, Oh, maybe if the Packers win the super bowl, then he like says like, all right, I gave you, you know, I gave you guys all I have. I want to go try something new. I feel like if he wins the Super Bowl, the I've given you guys all I've had would be retire, right? And and go out on top. So I agree. What about this though? 
You lose to Kyle Shanahan again. Aaron mm-hmm. Rodgers from the Bay Area. Does he say if you can't beat him, join him? Absolutely, I can mm-hmm. see that happening. I, I, absolutely, and and then if you're the Broncos, you try to get, Trey get a three way trade and try to find your way to get your hands on Trey Lance. By the way, here's this this kind of it goes back further than Aaron Rodgers, but in the since 2002, guys, the Packers are seven and six at Lambeau Field in the playoffs. That's crazy. crazy. And, yeah. you know, some of that was with Brett Favre. Some of that was with Aaron Rodgers. These guys are very pedestrian. Do they need a dome? What? Do they need a dome? Maybe they do. Do they need a new quarterback? Well, Maybe that's They're it. a passing team. That's the you thing. Know? They're like, a passing team. They in always Green, have been. Right. They're a passing team in Green Bay, Wisconsin. And it's that's kind of curious. The inter- They were one of the first teams that had an indoor facility and basically said, we're going to practice indoors all the time. I mean, really, it actually even predates Brett Favre. The Packers have been a passing franchise for basically the last 40 years, going back to when Innovative. Bart Starr was their coach and Lynn Dickey was their quarterback. Their D- and frankly, their DNA is, as a team, a little bit, in the last 40 years, a little bit soft. It's kind of the opposite of the Lombardi days. Yep. And that's why the Niners are actually better equipped to kind of go and play a pace game in the cold. There we go. There I love go. it. I love it. But so I'm still cold. picking the Packers because... Rogers is so freaking talented, and the thing, and this Niners team, it is kind of, it is a fringy playoff. Any, any team. Bosa updates? Um, I have not heard. In that, that is the key. If yep. they have Nick Bosa, Nick, there we go, got it yes, right. Uh, I think, I think better they, they actually win. Uh, yeah, better jawline. All right, the next game, which also has an interesting discussion with it, Rams. At Buccaneers, Buccaneers three point favorite right now over at DraftKings Sportsbook. Who you guys got straight up? Bucks. You d- you don't sound very happy about it though. You I just can't bet against Tom Brady. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just I don't know. I don't really like either of these teams. Whoa, I I like both of these teams a lot, and that's why I also think it's a tough decision. But I guess the complete opposite of you, uh, I think it's a tough decision. But what it boils down to me, and I really like the Rams team, especially what what they did this past week. It boils down to Matthew Stafford has one playoff win, one playoff win. Tom Brady, come on. I mean, the guy has more Super Bowls than Matthew Stafford can dream of playoff wins. This that That's what it boils down to. Don't overthink this. The Bucs are going to win. Tom Brady had three times as many playoff wins after his first season as Patriots quarterback as Matthew Stafford has had in 13 seasons as an NFL quarterback. Yeah. <laughs> but Matthew Stafford breaking a lot of those chains right. this year. Mm-hmm. And, yes. and, the, and look, this is going to come down to, I think, if the, if the Bucks lose this game, it will be because Von Miller wrecked Tom Brady mm. and capitalized off of not having to face Tristan Wirfs, who has not practiced. There's a decent chance he doesn't practice at all and it strictly is a game-time decision. He goes out there maybe without having to practice. Well, you guys saw the way he limped off the field against Philadelphia last Sunday. He did not look like somebody who was face, who was looking at only a two- or three-day recovery. He's an all-pro, though, right? Right. So he's, if he's out he's there, He's an all-pro, really and all of a sudden, if and, and Von Miller, uh, he's, the Eagles were wrecking the right side of the Bucks line last week. So what is Von Miller going to do? That's the concern here. I admit I'm picking the Bucks just because this is straight up from the heart. I want I want Tampa Bay to win. I want my team to win, but 
I don't have a good feeling about this game at all for the Bucks. I gotta say though, boys, if I could have if I could have one wish for these playoffs, it would be for Von Miller to just go absolutely nuts on Tom Brady. Ah, it'd be like the glory days. <laughs> just go four sacks, seven quarterback hits, two strip sacks, you know, a fumble recovery, just recapture all the glory, recapture re, uh, that picture of Vaughn laying on top of Tom with his – Tom looks they scared the, out of his shoes. They have the personnel to do it. Yep. So then this brings up the conversation of uh, who should Broncos fans be cheering for? Who are you guys cheering for? Let us know in the chat between this conversation. Are you cheering for Vaughn because he's, you know, one of the ultimate Broncos? Or are you cheering for the Rams to lose because the Broncos have the Rams second – and third round pick and if they lose broncos get a better pick the more they win the closer that pick is going to be to what 64 in the draft since it's a second round pick you're cheering for the for the bucks oh i thought i thought the way we, we taught we had know, this conversation know, before the pot a few days ago and man i thought ryan was going to take vaughn i just don't really like the rest of the rams so that mm, makes it easier for including me. ownership I, it, just anything yeah. like i don't know matthew stafford doesn't do it for me um, you like Sean McVay? I do like Sean McVay. I don't know. There's just something. I think I just. Well, I, don't, I hate yeah. LA. I hate LA. That's there what it go. comes down yeah. to. There you go. I got nothing against Tampa. I was there last week and it was a great time. <laughs> uh, I I just hate LA. I don't want LA to have success in anything. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah, you're cheering for the draft picks. Go go Bucks. Go Tom Brady. I would. I mean, I would still like to see Vaughn go crazy though. Oh sure. And yeah. If, and I, if I have so, to trade that for a Rams win. I'll make that. No, how, here's how, about what you a, want. how about a 10-9 you, yeah. Bucks win? Tom gets sacked three times, throws a pick to Vaughn, but like the Rams offense the just laugh. doesn't do anything. Let's say it's a pick six to end the game by the okay. Bucks. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. I mean, I think one of the things that'll be interesting to watch is his old his old buddy Shaq Barrett is on the other side for Tampa Bay. And Shaq, as we have seen, has a habit of making impactful plays in the biggest games. I mean, you could have argued he should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl last year. And there he is last week, dropping into coverage and making that Baron Browning-style athletic interception. I mean, I didn't think Shaq had that tool in his drawer, but here he is, you know, eight, eight seasons in his career. He continues to surprise you. So who makes the bigger play in the game, Vaughn or Shaq? Vaughn. Mm, I don't. I'm gonna see. go. I'm gonna go with Tom. Tom's gonna make the biggest play <laughs> and win. All right, in the final game, I, I think Shaq's gonna have a a difference making play in this game. For the I Bucks. would love it, and that's something every Broncos yeah. fan can cheer for yeah. too. In the final game on Sunday night, the Bills going into Kansas City. Kansas City, I believe, started at three or two and a half. Now they're down to two. So the public liking the Bills. Ryan, you're shaking your head. Who you got? The Chiefs. Yeah, I knew. <laughs> Once you were shaking your head, I knew. Even though you want the Bills, I want the Bills. So badly, yeah. Um, but do you? It's kind of like Tom Brady now. Do you bet against Patrick Mahomes? No, of course you don't. At home, and that's yeah. the one thing that Mahomes really still has over Josh Allen is clutch factor. Um, he has proved that he makes the biggest plays in the biggest moments of the biggest games. Josh Allen hasn't proved that yet. Um, so I hope that today, th this weekend, is the time where there's a passing of the torch. Where you know Josh Allen becomes everyone's favorite young quarterback in the NFL, but I can't I can't bet against Patrick Mahomes against any team in the AFC 
until someone beats him. On top of that, when when I started doing this pod four four years ago, uh, one of the things that I would say that would get a lot of heat is Andy Reid is very overrated because he had really he'd never won a Super Bowl and he had he had had good teams, good quarterbacks. Well, he's broken that. So I do trust Andy Reid in big games now. Sean McDermott, he's kind of right there. Now, not that he's overrated because he's still very young uh, and unlike Andy Reid, where he has way fewer years of experience, but he needs to break that. So not only do I trust the quarterback of the Chiefs more, I trust the head coach more, and they're playing at home. home. Look, when Mm -hmm. the Bills destroyed New England, obviously everyone knows how I feel about New England, I was extremely impressed, and I was thinking, wow, maybe the Bills can pull off this upset. Then you see what the Chiefs did, and it's like, okay, well, now the Chiefs kind of just made it even again. And I love that this line is dipping down uh, for betting purposes because I want the Bills to win as well. But under three points, Chiefs at home, yeah, I, I, I like this. I think it's going to be yeah. a heck of a game, but give me the Chiefs. It will, it will be a heck of a game, although there would be some symbolic significance if Sean McDermott and the Bills took out the Chiefs because it would be very much a – protege upending the mentor because McDermott worked 10 years under Andy Reid including his first job on the Eagles staff was he was Andy Reid's Dwight Schrute the assistant to the head coach (laughs) (laughs) so Mace you you picking the bills no I'm picking the Chiefs I think that I think that day might is coming I don't think it's Sunday. Okay, so I'm going to give you guys one last shot to change any of your picks because right now you guys are going to be tied no matter what next week. Mm. Anyone want to make a change in any of these games? There's more games left. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. I'm, ju- I'm just giving a, you a chance. A, there's more games left. Ah, B, they're sticking with it. B, if the uh, if the Olympics can give out two gold medals for people who, who tie for first place, <laughs> we can do the same. That no, guarantees we're not you doing silver. That. Or no, no do you just get bronze? <laughs> they, yeah, oh, they skip damn. this. Yeah, if you have two gold medalists in third place, they just don't give a silver. Right, it's, it's like golf. Gold. It's like... Two yeah. people are tied one, the next person's third. Yeah. Wow, Makes sense. Yeah. that Sorry. is tough. And Sorry, Zach. If, if you guys want to get in on all of this, and whether you agree with Mason Ryan for those Saturday games or you want to ride with me, you can get in on all this action over at DraftKings Sportsbook. And for new customers, they are giving you a chance to get 1 to 56 odds by betting on any team this weekend to win. We've got a few that we all agree on. Maybe just pick one of those teams, the Bucks, the Chiefs. And if they win, you turn $5 into $280 in free bets and boy is that a great way to start your account over at DraftKings Sportsbook and you can use those free bets the next week on football games especially conference championship games so head to the app store now download the top rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code DNVR when you sign up to get this can't miss offer they also have so many offers daily it is so much fun DraftKings is the best betting app out there so get in use the code DNVR for new customers only uh, restrictions apply see DraftKings.com sportsbook for details gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and of course you must be 21 or older in Colorado only well if von miller's all over tom brady this weekend that's gonna make me smile Mm. and Mm. i want to have a nice pearly white smile so i'm gonna head over to green mountain dental group as you should as well for any teeth cleaning x-ray and exam and when you schedule cleaning x-ray exam over at uh green mountain dental group you're gonna get hooked up with a free sonicare toothbrush those things it's a good value. Oh, Those yeah. things don't run cheap, but they are worth it. You'll love it. Uh, you'll love your little Sonicare toothbrush that they'll hook you up with over at Green Mountain Dental. So head down there just 15 minutes outside. What is going I on? Don't, I don't know. <laughs> just 15 minutes outside of downtown Denver over there in Lakewood. 
Green Mountain Dental Group, a family-owned dentist group that will treat you like family because they're part of our family, the DNVR family. Exactly. Now, should we jump in to the comment section, fellas? Oh, super chats. Love it. Whoa. Holy smoke. Banger of a super chat. Thank you so much. And all we got here is thank you for all you guys do. Wow. Just want to show my support and appreciation. Thank you. Wow. We appreciate that so much. Poppy? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Thank you so much. I mean, this just this made my day. It's so cool Mm -hmm. to just just get support in the form of nice comments. And then especially with that. Thank you so much, Poppy. You made my weekend already. That's Mm -hmm. epic. Thank you so much. And another good one here from court. Uh, If the Broncos finish all of their interviews tomorrow, when does the second round of interviews start? And how many coaches will get a second interview? It's a fantastic question. Mm -hmm. And I heard some people and there's been some speculation online that maybe this thing gets wrapped up very soon. I talked with someone today that says there probably will be second round of interviews, which which makes sense. Mm-hmm. That's not a guarantee, but pretty confident that that's going to happen. I don't think that would happen on Saturday. I don't think it's going to happen on Sunday. So I'm thinking, you know, Monday, Tuesday, mm-hmm. Wednesday, and yeah. uh, I'm pushing my time frame back just a little bit in terms. Uh, did did I say Tuesday you last said week? Wednesday. Oh, Wednesday. Yeah. Okay, yeah, I think it's a Wednesday, Thursday when we have Here, a decision. Here's what I got for you: Monday, Nathaniel Hackett, second interview. Tuesday, Dan Quinn, second interview. Wednesday, Dan Quinn announced his head coach. Yeah. Now, one thing that's interesting, though, is you have so many teams interested in Dan Quinn, and, and as Adam Schefter pointed out over on, on the fan this morning, that Quinn is a New Jersey native, and maybe there's some appeal to him of going home, especially to the Giants being a team that – does have the assets to try to pursue Russell Wilson, which yep. may be something in mind. So even though the Giants don't have a GM, I think that's the one that maybe you kind of – that could No GM versus, pressure. like, your favorite GM. Uh, but but that no GM, meaning you can have a say uh-huh. in your GM. So if, if yep. George Payton – is uh, Dan Quinn's favorite uh, football executive out there? Well, then the, the Giants can't beat it. But if he loves George Payton but says, man, I would love being able to hire this guy and kind of have final say over the roster if they're going to give me that since I'm the hottest candidate out there, that's something that can lure Dan Quinn. When I heard the Giants request an interview for him, and I believe he was their first interview request for a head coach because they still haven't picked out their general manager, that scared me. And that made me say the Broncos have some serious, serious competition for Dan Quinn because, like May said, not Mm -hmm. only the ammunition to go after Russell Wilson, but let's say he likes a quarterback in the draft or or really wants to rebuild. They've got money. They've got some talent on their team. I think the Broncos have a better roster, but they have everything they need to go get Russ, to go get a quarterback that he likes – and to also go home, that that's and and if, if Russ wants to go to New York more than mm-hmm. Denver, man, that that's the one that scares me the most. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if he's going anywhere else, but I think that's the one that's interesting. And again, you talk about maybe being able to turn the the GM. It's possible that uh, someone actually he was really connected with and uh, was dismissed at the same time from Atlanta as Thomas Dimitrov. Maybe he guides the Giants in that direction as well. So mm-hmm. it's. What I'm saying is it may not be a slam, a slam dunk here. The Broncos, if they want Dan Quinn, they might have stepped lively. Funny how things change, right? I, yeah. I bet you even just the fact that there's now competition will make some more fans come around to Dan Quinn. Mm, right, right, right. And he is the – isn't he the most highly sought after coach right now? Yeah, what happened to Doug Peterson? <sighs> Something happened in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Something happened. Yeah, I mean – he obviously got a couple interviews, mm-hmm. but no 
post interview buzz on him. Yep. Uh, a lot mm. of teams didn't interview him. Yeah. Uh, so I guess he wasn't the bell of the ball after all. Yeah. Yeah. Now the question that the Broncos may have to make is if the Giants or one of these teams, the Vikings, who just interviewed Dan Quinn, if they speed up their process to hire Dan Quinn, will the Broncos rush? And instead of doing second interviews, just try to hire Dan Quinn. That's going to be that's going to be dicey mm-hmm. for a first time for a first GM making his first hire as head coach. Mm-hmm. How do you handle that? I think that he knows he has him if he wants him, and he's not too worried about it. Okay, there we go. Mm-hmm. I think that those two. I mean, it's been a long time coming for yeah. those two to work together, and I think he's pretty confident in that. But I hope they have a good backup plan just in case, you know, I, I don't know if like Dan Quinn's mom still lives back there yeah. or what, you know, you, you, you get the heartstrings tugged at by your family and, mm. and things can change. Maybe the best decision for the Broncos would be someone pulling them away. We'll see though. We'll see. I mean, cause then it would just force the Broncos to go, uh, in a more uncomfortable route, but sometimes the uncomfortable routes have, uh, have the higher upside. Yep. Yeah. We know on sadly his father is no longer with us, died of died five years ago. Okay. So anything on his mom? I'm looking that up right now. There's a story on ESPN. But it looks like this story is all about uh all about his father. His father, Jim Quinn, who um uh he, he understandably was close. Dan Quinn, he was the youngest child of his parents. So he yep. was the baby of the family. So pretty yeah. cool to become a leader from that position. Um from the youngest. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Um, all right. You learn from people around you. Yes. All right. Let's jump into the uh, comments here. We got time for a few. Uh, So let's try and knock out as many as we can. And first one coming in from Bronco and SF. As I do more research on the draft, it's becoming increasingly appealing to me to trade down in the draft. What is a realistic haul for our number nine pick? Draft specialists are saying there's really not an elite top 10 draft class, but there is great value 10 through 100. Maybe we load up on picks this year and next year to go get great value rather than reaching at nine. If it's not elite in the top 10, then it becomes harder to to make the trade. What you need is... Someone reaches on a quarterback at six. Then someone else does it at eight. Starts the run. And Mm -hmm. someone else says, all right, we have to get Mm -hmm. Matt Corral here. Mm -hmm. Uh, Or we have to get Malik Willis now. Mm -hmm. And you don't want him, then you can move back. But otherwise, there isn't a lot of elite talent in this draft. And that devalues your top ten pick. So if you still had the top ten, the number nine pick overall, that means you didn't get Aaron Rodgers. You didn't get Russell Wilson. Maybe the best at that point you would have been brought in would have been Jimmy Garoppolo for a second rounder. What do you think the reaction of this fan base would be if the quarterbacks were going off the board and they traded down from nine and then the team picked a quarterback? It would be really mad. We traded down from nine and picked a quarterback. No, still? no. So another team could pick a oh, quarterback. Someone oh. trades up and takes Kenny Pickett at yeah. nine. I don't think. I think Broncos fans will be mad before that uh i think if they trade for jimmy garoppolo or kirk cousins Mm. um Mm. i think we'll know that they're not going to take a quarterback so people Mm. are just going to go into the draft pissed and then they'll just still be pissed i'll love i'll love it um because i'll say oh man they are loading up to try and make a move next year in a much better quarterback class i I can sign off on that it's a lot easier to say than when you're stuck in week Mm -hmm. eight and the broncos suck again um but uh, I can sign off on that right now. You have my word. I like the idea of trading back in the first round and gathering capital for next season. I like it. I don't like. I don't like it with Jimmy. I don't like it with Jimmy here. See, Jimmy, I, Jimmy Garoppolo, I think is the one that makes it the most possible to say, "All right, we're gonna we're gonna wait a year." 
the one thing that we know is this. You cannot go into this year, to this coming season, with status quo in the quarterback room. You just can't. Mm, yeah, you can. I think you can. Well, I you mean, sh- it, it, you it, it shouldn't. Would be, it would be. Yeah, it, would be it, a, it wouldn't be Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater. I agree yeah. with that. And, and 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 Jimmy Garoppolo, if you if you had him, and then maybe in the back of your mind you're thinking, all right, we really like Carson Strong's arm. The medicals say probably needs to have some surgery and reg shirt a year. And you could get strong, say, at pick 32, trade back into round one, pick up the fifth-year option on him, get him there, and then say, all right, Carson, you're on the shelf for a year. You get healthy, rehab, rest, reps, as in mental reps, and be ready to go for 23. You do that, I think that's the kind of thing that could allow you to, to walk, to neatly walk the path of being better in the moment but making sure you're set for for someone with a really high ceiling long term. I think. I mean, with look, if Carson Strong did not have the knee, I believe he would be QB one in this class by some distance. It's I, a health thing. I like his arm. I love his arm. Um, but, I, know, I love what Norvell puts on his plate pre snap. I I love what that scheme does to develop to to kind of force quarterbacks to grow cerebrally at the college level. All it's, right. it's very it's 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 an air raid, so it's very it's it's got a lot of DNA with what Lincoln Riley does. We got to move a little quicker yep. if we want to have time for these. Um, Bronco Oilers repost from yesterday. Hey fellas, Albright has been dropping some interesting nuggets on Broncos country tonight lately. And last night he mentioned in speaking with members of the Cowboys organization, they believe two things are certainties. One, Dan Quinn will be the next head coach of the Broncos. Matter of when, not if. Yeah, we've been telling you that one. Um, two. The Cowboys front office is convinced Aaron Rodgers is heading to Denver. What do you think of that? How would the Cowboys front office know? Um, I, I don't think I don't think Aaron Rodgers knows. Uh, I, I think that is more so them guessing where the best the best decision is for him. They you guys it. think you guys think Aaron Rodgers knows what he's doing after this season? I the question is who would allow the Cowboys to find out? Because, Dan Quinn. No, well, the other possibility is the, the the connective tissue is Mike McCarthy, but McCarthy and Rogers, McCarthy and Rogers weren't getting along. Right, right. But it's possible that McCarthy hears that from someone like like say somebody that he hired originally in Green Bay, someone who the Broncos interviewed, <laughs> and that's Luke Getzey. Oh, he didn't hire Hackett; he okay, hired okay. Getzey. And that that's that is why that information may be pretty solid if the Cowboys think that. Because I can't, because if they think that, that means it probably was McCarthy telling people that, and it was probably McCarthy getting it from Luke Getze. This is, I mean, you can really build a story in your head here, right? And I go all the way back to the Broncos re-signing both Cortland Sutton and Tim Patrick, saying, hey, look, we're getting Aaron Rodgers next year. We believe this. But more so than the interview of Luke Getze, and they're telling him, hey, look, we're bringing in Dan for most likely. Um, we'd love to have you as our offensive coordinator, and we believe we're getting Aaron too. And then that leaks back to the Cowboys through some channels, and that's why they believe this. You can build the story, mm-hmm. but I'm with you, Zach. I don't know if if I mean this is this is to believe that Aaron Rodgers had has had his mind made up for months mm-hmm. uh, on where he's heading after the season well, when he he's in the middle of the a last, Super Bowl run. Last dance. 
image that he put out he at the start of the season. He I mean, has he's come back from that at least publicly. Right. Yep. Um, but it could go sideways. I think with one more oh, home absolutely. playoff meltdown. I mean, if they get if they get upset on Saturday, or yep. if they win Saturday and then they lose at home the following week, you can see you could see him saying, "We're not getting any closer here." In Green Bay, it's time to kind of, it's time to change the landscape. Of course, my my only thing, why do why do green why, why do only Cowboys execs know about this? Well, maybe a lot of people do, but those are who yeah. Albright's talking to. I don't sure. Know. I just I think yeah yeah yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, in terms of the first one, Dan Quinn, the next head coach from the very before the Broncos really even fired Vic Fangio. Dan Quinn was our favorite, they're so pro- not shocking at all. They're probably also hopeful that Aaron Rodgers gets out of the NFC. Of course. Absolutely. Yep. Bronco and SF. Sorry for the second comment. Excited because it just sunk in that it's possible we have Dan Quinn, Mike McDaniel, Russell Wilson, and Peyton Manning leading the Broncos next year. Wild. That's even technically possible. Get a dream, dream big. I love that my guy, Mike McDaniel, is getting mentioned in yeah, this. Yeah, there you go. And not not crazy. I mean, it, it is it is not crazy to say all that happens. It isn't. Next one from Mike1809. Fellas, it's been way too long since I've checked in. Thank, thanks for keeping us all apprised of, what, of the coaching search, the ownership situation, and the possibilities of quarterback. Checking in on the pod keeps me insane in the midst of a busy and stressful life. Appreciate you guys and everybody behind the scenes at DNVR. And Mike, that's what we're here for. We absolutely love that you're part of our community. He says, any idea when you'll bring Three Ring Circus back? That was a highlight of last offseason. I'm looking forward to some new episodes. Keep up the good work, gents. Let's go get a Manning ownership group, Russ or Rogers, and I suppose I'm cool with Quinn. And go win Super Bowl next year. Hell yeah, let's do it. Three Ring Circus will be back. The week after the Super Bowl, uh, and I've already been um, working on some guests. I think we're, I'm, I'm hoping we can take the guests to the next level this year. Not that we Let's didn't go. love our guests Let's go. from last year, but hopefully a few more players, maybe former players, obviously some of your favorite media members as well. Um, so super excited for another season of Three Ring Circus and love that. I, mean, I can't believe how many people have reached out about that. Yeah, um, I love that that stuck with people all the way through the season. Me too. It's so cool. Orange Blue for Life says, at this point, I don't even care who the coach is. I just want wins. And you want pickles on your Nashville hot chicken pizza. Okay. I would eat that. That, yeah. sound, that sounds really Maybe good. Maybe we ought to get sexy pizza on the, uh, on the pickle train. Because you can get, not hot chicken, but you can get breaded fried chicken on your pizza. It's got to be hot for me. I don't know if it has to be hot. <laughs> <laughs> UGA Bronco says, Russ, Rodgers, drafting a quarterback? All of those are fine plans, but we all know who should really be the Broncos quarterback next year. That's right. It's time to call up Andrew Luck out of retirement. <laughs> As a Colts number one overall draft pick, it is his destiny to become a did, Bronco. Did y'all see him at yeah. the championship game? Didn't look like he was necessarily in game shape. He, he couldn't recognize him. Almost. Yeah, he. I mean, we we speak about it with linemen. He's gone on the O, o- lineman post career weight loss yeah. challenge. It's I love Andrew him. Luck, and yeah. I love him not playing football. I'm just, yeah. ha- I'm so happy for him. Like he looks happy, he looks healthy, uh, and I love that for him. Yeah, he mm. looks like a totally different person. He really does. All mm. right, I think this is the last one we have time for here. Uh, from Def Wu, my guys, Bleacher Report just re-released, or sorry, released regrades for the 2021 draft, and I've never been dis- more disappointed in a B plus in my life. Let me tell you, I've never once been disappointed in a B plus. Uh, just for note, here are the teams that received A grades: Bengals, Cowboys, Chiefs, Lions, Chargers, Dolphins, and Eagles. They cite us not taking QB as the biggest criticism of the class. I know Zach agrees, but is that really valid? Um, sorry, I lost my place. Do we really think Mac Jones has the same success in Denver or Justin Fields 
elevates his this franchise with a 26.1 QBR. Maybe I'm looking at this wrong, but it doesn't seem the uh, the to get the res this class doesn't seem to get the respect it deserves. Seems unfair to judge this pretty outstanding draft class for what it isn't, rather than what it is. Maybe I'm just drinking the flavor aid. Uh, but this was an A plus draft class in my mind. What do you guys think? So, when you don't have a quarterback, I don't think you can get an A plus unless you get a quarterback. I agree, and mm -hmm. especially with a guy that was extremely successful this year that you could have picked in Mac Jones, and you can have the conversation. I'm sure you two would have the argument that he wouldn't have had the same success here, but what we know is that he did have success this year. You passed up on him for uh, a, a, a cornerback, and your cornerback was damn good. If you just grade the players the Broncos got, they got an A without without a doubt. You can make an, an A plus argument, but when you take into to account the situation, which I think you do have to do that when grading the class as a whole, yeah, I mean you're you're looking for a quarterback now, so you failed in doing that last year when a successful one was on the board. So I see where they're coming from. Also, Justin Fields, there's a quite a few advanced stats that really liked what he did this year. Mm, okay, and obviously the advanced stats say the receivers let him down. Yep. In a big way, and the scheme let him down a bit. I was going to say, wouldn't yeah. also the Bears organization say the general manager and specifically Matt Nagy let him down too? Yeah, yeah. there's like big time throw percentage that he was really high on mm. and like just different stuff like that. So um, I, I, I wasn't prepared to, you know, unveil those stats, but I did read a, a story about that. And so what I, you're saying is he's not a bust in your yeah. mind right I now? I would not go there at all. In fact, I would lean the other way. I think he's actually closer to being legit than he is to a bust. I mean, basically what this thing for Bleacher Report is saying is that because all the teams that got A's have like a direction of quarterback. Either they have the guy mm. or, you know, Jalen Hurts was a direction. Tua is a direction. I mean, outside of the Lions. Outside the really. Lions, and that's kind of an interesting thing that the Lions. So the Lions are kind of fumbling around with Jared Goff, and you could and Terry Teddy Bridgewater was objectively better than Jared Goff across the board this year. So, how come they get an A and the Broncos don't? Yeah, maybe because they're just in full rebuild mode. Yeah, and they were in position, know, and though. they were in position to take a quarterback too. The same thing you could say the same thing about Mac Jones, as Zach did regarding the Lions, as you could the Broncos. It's Again, it's if you're gonna if you're going to have that as the reason, be consistent. Fair enough. And, and I'll say this: B plus is a really good grade. Yeah, it's a really good grade. It's above and, average. Yep. It, well, mm. it's well above average. Um, so I would, yeah, I would say it's a fair grade. Obviously, if, I think if you asked me, I would give it an A minus um, because if, of the quarterback, if not a straight A, uh, but. It's it's a really good class. At least it looks like. And if you get as many contributors as it looks like you got, including several starters, mm -hmm. you knocked it out of the park. Yep, yep. You certainly did. And it's, if you just look at the players, but it's without a doubt. Nay. You could hit on every draft. You could get that same draft every draft from now until eternity and still be a, a crappy football team. Exactly. You'll be floating right around 500 <laughs> with the with the quarterback position the way it is. Yep. Exactly. All right. That is going to wrap it up for us this week on the DNVR Broncos podcast. Pending any breaking news that comes down today or tomorrow or uh, over the weekend of course 
anytime something big breaks, we will be right with you right here on YouTube with an emergency pod. Um, but if not, we'll catch you on Monday with probably a whole lot to talk about. So uh, hit us with a thumbs up on your way out. Subscribe to the channel, and you can even sign up for alerts there um, to make sure you don't miss if we go live on an emergency pod. Uh, but for now, that wraps it up for us. Have a great weekend. We'll see you guys on the other side. Flying